Hello, welcome to the Rhode Island Small Business Coalition Forum. I'm your host, David Dedekian, a small business owner here in Rhode Island. I own Eat Drink Rhode Island. Uh, thank you again for joining us this week. It's always great to have you watching and, and seeing some of the great guests we've got on. This being election season leading into the September 13th primary, we've got a lot of great candidates on. And today we've got Joy Fox, who is running for the uh, second congressional district uh, that uh, Congressman Langevin is retiring from. So welcome. Welcome to Joy Fox. Hey, David. Thank you so much for having me. Always got that momentary buffering thing. Here we go. Sure. Hi, David. Go. How are you? Hi, Joy. How hi, are you? Hi, hi. The wonders of the <laughs> um, internet. It allows us to do this, and it's wonderful, but sometimes it just slows down just a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, no. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Our pleasure. It's good to, good to have you. Uh, we, we try to have uh, as many candidates on here as possible to hear from them uh, regarding the small business community and what's going on here in Rhode Island with small business. So why don't we start, you know, why don't you give the uh, the viewers a, an overview of, of yourself and, and, and what you're what you're doing and running for the uh, second congressional district? Great. Thank you. Um, yes, I am running for Rhode Island's second congressional district. Um, I got into this race because I care deeply about the community that I live in and grew up in and um, have never been afraid of, of tackling challenges um, throughout my career and think that I am in the best position um, to serve uh, in Congress as the next representative from the second district, really for three reasons. One, I just mentioned I grew up here. I was born in, I was raised in Cranston, live in Warwick now, and um, that got me into the community um, on a, as, as, you know, growing up in and around Patuxent Village. And then I, I moved into really getting deeper into the community by being a small business, um, by working for the Cranston Herald and the Warwick Beacon, um, really getting deeper and understanding the challenges, but also the successes that we have here in Rhode Island. And, and I, I know campaigns are often about our challenges, but I'd also like to go to D.C. to show where Rhode Island is punching above its weight and really being a leader. And then lastly, I have spent my career really making a difference. My first foray into government service was working for the Rhode Island Department of Corrections, where I came to have a strong understanding of the balance between criminal justice and social justice. I actually did work for Congressman Langevin, both here in the district and down in Washington, D.C., and worked for Gina Raimondo when she was both treasurer and governor. I ran her transition into the governor's office. And since leaving government service, I have uh, run a small business myself. I run a small strategic communications firm here in the state. And it is for those three reasons, having grown up here with deep roots, having spent my career listening and working to make a difference is why I think I can hit the ground running on day one and am uniquely qualified for this position and bring a different perspective. Sure. No, thank you very much. That was a great, uh, great overall summary. I, I, I think it's great uh, for people to hear uh, about, uh, being, you know, being a resident, being here, you know, your whole life. And even though if, you know, you obviously traveled for, uh, for, for working, uh, but then, uh, also being a small business owner here, uh, is, is your consultancy, uh, based in, in work? Is it, is that how it works? Yeah. I, it, well, actually it's based in Providence. I'm actually sitting right now and we have a small office in the, the CIC, um, building, which is part of the, I guess the innovation district. Now I can look right. out my window and see the, the new pedestrian bridge. Um, so yeah, this, we are based in Providence. We do work in and out of Rhode Island. Um, and the, the firm is doing really well, which is exciting. Um, and the campaign is doing really well. I am working full time. I don't have the luxury of not working. Um, so I am balancing both. And, um, but having watched, having watched my own family, I'm, I, my, my grandfather and father ran a small family business as well and know what it takes 
um, to not only serve your community, they were always involved in in um, Rotary and Cranston politics and so on and so forth. So I grew up with that that strong that strong work ethic. Well, it's certainly something a lot of small business owners know. You know, running a small business isn't just you know one hat by any means. There's lots lots of different hats, and also family in many cases. Uh, you know, and, and things of that nature. So, we we understand that. We understand all the different uh, parts of that uh, parts of that game you've got to play. Uh, yeah, but, it's but both also terrifying and exhilarating all at once, wouldn't you say? Right. Yeah, we've discussed that many times with people here over the last two years. Uh, you know, it's it's there's a lot of uncertainty owning a small business, but you know the the, the rewards can be hugely uh, gratifying if that's the type of uh, environment you like to work in. Uh, yeah. it's not not like anything else. Um, no. But but also you you mentioned in your bio there you you're a long time uh, part of the political system. Uh, you, you understand how it works. You, you you know you've been through it on the federal level and on the state level. Uh, so it's uh, it's interesting to hear uh, hear that part of your background. How do you see Obviously, small businesses, you know, touches just about everything. We're going to focus on, on on that, you know, economics of it here during this program here. But, um, you know, obviously, congressional seat touches upon a lot of other things besides just small business. But how do you see uh, the federal level affecting small businesses here in Rhode Island? What the what, what a, con a congressperson can do? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a couple of things. Um, there are there's certainly the Small Business Administration and making sure that that is as strong as possible, as well as our own Commerce Department, where our former governor now serves as, as the, the Secretary of Commerce. There's also resources there as well. I think that um, in addition to making sure that the funding continues to come from Rhode Island, which I think our delegation right now punches above its weight, um, we need to make sure that we're looking at bolstering and strengthening, strengthening programs out there, not only as we saw during the pandemic, but beyond that with things like the small business SBIR fund and the tech transfer funds, for example, those are things that um, we can always strengthen and make sure that that money is coming into Rhode Island, as well as disaster relief. Um, we know the climate is changing right before our eyes, and we are we are prone to hurricanes and other natural disasters, as we saw with Super Superstorm Sandy as well. So making sure that that those resources are are always on the ready for whatever may come a small business way, um, and it's also looking long term. I think I think. Um, you know, there are two issues that I worked on with Congress in Congressman Langevin's office. One was making sure family caregivers had access to support and services, which is critical. Um, you know, we all have families and we all have had caregiving experiences. And what does that mean for making sure our workforce can stay employed and, and right. moving everything forward? Um, but also secondarily, another issue which I think he had a long term vision on and I think we need to get even more serious about is cybersecurity. Um, especially during the pandemic when we saw so many small businesses transfer a lot of their work to online and internet resources. Um, we can't be doing enough there to make sure that those resources are now growing and expanding for, for small businesses to have that access as well. I know that in the infrastructure bill that passed, there was, there was some small amount of grant money that yeah. came out to the states um, to be able to go out to small businesses to make sure that they understood um, how to strengthen their own their own infrastructure, um, but we can't do enough now to continue to bolster those resources um, at the state level and making sure that our small businesses have a, a pathway to access those that that funding as well. Well, it's interesting. Also, uh, you know, uh, during the pandemic, and hopefully, obviously, we we never want to see anything like this again. But but right. um, we had the advantage of a lot of great programs that came out of the federal level uh, to help small businesses. Obviously, uh, PPP and uh, uh, the idle loan uh, 
was you know huge advantage those come out of the SBA uh, but uh, we also you know thankfully you know didn't happen to to a lot of people but we saw a lot of fraud uh, and you know a lot of that fraud you know goes back to cybersecurity like you were saying and I know a lot of small businesses many of the members of the coalition you know we talked about it with ourselves like oh how did I I just got this thing I, it says I took a loan out I didn't take a loan out or oh I right. I, I just got my you know unemployment yeah. you know the, uh, fraud no I think we all had an experience with the LT of what what is this <laughs> Yeah, 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 and uh, we had we had Matt on air a couple of times, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. the best he can. But but you know, no one expects that level of fraud. It really was quite right. uh, quite. And insane. you know, it's interesting too. I was I was talking to some small businesses the other day who do a lot of work with the federal government, and um, the federal government has started to say small businesses are are not as secure as they need to do for us to be able yeah. to do business with them, and that's not. That is not good and that's not right. Um, so all the more reason too, as small businesses who want to expand um, working with others to make sure that that infrastructure is secure all the way around and you can trust as you work with those systems that that they are safe and right. secure. Right. As someone who, you know, obviously I did all the as much as I could for myself, my own business, but also I helped a lot of other businesses apply for things. And yes, it was I'll definitely say it was difficult at times, you know, Sam's codes and Dunn's codes and all these things that you had to get uh, your business right. to make sure these things are running. But I, I literally watched the level of security improve over the course of the pandemic. It was amazing, yeah. you know, the login yeah. system, you know, went from all this ridiculousness on the on the on the on the on the Sam side to login.gov, where it was all one thing. And and so it's right. good to see things of that nature uh, happen. Yeah. So I think uh, you know it's interesting when you bring up, like I said, there's lots of other things we don't think of when we think of small business. Cybersecurity right. seems like a much more global issue, but certainly yeah. can be. No, it's, it's. I think more and more, um, you know, it, it it's now a critical part of doing business is to making sure that your cyber infrastructure is is there, no matter how small you are, especially if you if you're um, really consumer facing because everyone expects now to be able to to log in, order what they need, right. and be on their way. Um, and you know, to your question too on what else the federal government can do, one priority that I would have um, when elected is to make sure constituent services across the board is is just stronger. Um, you shouldn't, as a small business owner, have to come looking for me. I'd rather come looking for you and making sure that um, God forbid we need another PPP program, for example, that um, we are there ready uh, to serve the small business community on day one to help with navigating that. Um, I know for myself, you know, you read about these programs and you're like, sure, I, I wonder when I'll have time to, to right. figure that out and go through that when you're trying to grow your business or maintain your business at the same time. Um, and that goes to what I was saying earlier. It's both terrifying and exhilarating. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when you know that there are these programs out there, but the time, energy and resources it takes a small business owner to navigate is is just not um, convenient no. or efficient. Um, so the more we can bring this office into into the, the places of business, uh, I think the better for everyone, because there is money. You know, as we all know, there's money there that we've already passed and fought for and worked hard to, to make sure was there. Um, now we just got to deploy it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've certainly had that discussion many times at the state level. Uh, you know, it's gotten better again. I don't want to just be one of those guys that says the Rhode Island system is still con convoluted and a mess, but parts are still a little difficult. They, yeah, you know, like, I mean, you can always do better, especially, yeah, right. I mean, just the cyber issue alone, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't top of, oh, that geez. wouldn't have been top of mind on this call. Right. Um, and I think now everyone realizes how serious we have to get about cyber. And now I think the next frontier for all of us is getting serious about climate and how that will affect our supply chains and our ability to do business. 
um, especially small business. Yeah, no, it's vitally true. Uh, again, I think uh, it's it's fascinating. Um, so for, for those who, you know, I want to make sure people understand you're running uh, the Democratic ticket uh for the seat, uh, there's a there's a primary first, a September 13th primary. There's many, uh, uh, several of you running uh, for that, and then the uh, winner of that primary will go uh, up against Alan Fung, uh, who's uh, the only uh, candidate in the Republican side right now. Um, it was interesting. I saw an interview with Alan the other day, and he, and he, you know, said, and and we'll have him on the show as well in in, in a couple months. Uh, he said he's one of the few Republicans who actually uses the word climate uh, and climate change, which I th- which I thought was interesting from that perspective. Uh, so, um, you know, climate change covers a ton of different things and definitely small business falls under that. We, we, you know, there's lots of small business, you know, wind farms essentially started as small businesses, solar, solar companies are small businesses. Uh, there's lots of things in the, uh, in the blue economy that, you know, is big here in Rhode Island that, you know, fall into small businesses. Talk a little bit about, about the blue economy and, 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 uh, clean energy and things of those nature and what you see that uh, you can do as a congressperson. Yeah, I think, again, it goes back to making sure that we're out there in the community talking to these entrepreneurs, making sure we know what their needs are and matching it and bringing that those ideas back to Washington, D.C. to make sure that we are supporting and promoting programs to help them them grow. Um, we can't I think we are behind that eight ball uh, in so many ways on climate change. And the more we can do to accelerate our transition to a clean economy in a fair and just way that leaves no one behind is of critical importance. Um, And I think we have a a gem of a program at the University of Rhode Island. There's more tech transfer work to be done across all of our higher education institutions in terms of research and making sure that we're taking the best and brightest ideas to transfer them into commercialization opportunities. Um, And we have to recognize that our greatest asset uh, is Narragansett Bay. And what are we doing to protect that? Not only from a travel and tourism point of view, but from an aquaculture point of view. And, um, and you know, all things, all things flow into Narragansett Bay. So what are we doing to make sure that our water systems and, uh, you know, streams and tributaries that are flowing into the bay are also healthy? Because um, right. we cannot, we have to do all we, we can to protect um, our, our greatest asset here, our greatest natural asset. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I just had a conversation this morning about farming and we were talking about how, you know, obviously Rhode Island is small. We don't have any large farms, you know, any, any huge farms to compete with, uh, farms around the other parts of the country. And I said, well, I said, well, actually, you know, I mean, squid is a huge farm here in Rhode Island. And, and is it, you know, we don't think of, obviously I would, I would say sea free, sea freeze and sea fresh and town dock are all not small businesses anymore, but they were all small businesses at one point. Uh, yeah. So, or just know, our quahoggers that are going out. And the fact that we've been able to open those are definitely small businesses. Yeah. Uh, in, in opening, you know, new sections, you know, I think, I think I read recently that Connecticut, a little bit area north of Connecticut recently reopened after so many years. Yep. Um, I mean, that only benefits everyone um, and not only from the guy or the girl that's digging the clams, but um, to the consumer as well. So I think that we have to get serious about all the different to use the, to continue the squid analogy, all the different tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> that go out um, <laughs> into our economy. Wow, with, with, you might just have my book on that, Joy. <laughs> and um, but but it is far-reaching. I mean, it is it, yeah. everything. To my mind, this race is about the economy, and everything rolls up into the economy. Whether or not we have affordable health care and access to affordable health care, to our strong education system, to climate, all of these things are interrelated. They work together. They need to all 
you know, breakdowns, we need to break down silos wherever possible. Um, and to your point on the farming, I mean, just this weekend, I was at um, the fishermen's campground down in Point Judith for oh, yeah. their farmer's market. And it, 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 we were talking to the gentleman who was running the, the farm. And, you know, on a peak farm, farm farmer's market day, um, I'm not sure how many days a week it goes, he said, you know, they can expect between 1,500 and 2,000 people. And that is tremendous. And then to walk around yeah. and see all of the different vendors that are there from fresh fruits and vegetables to baked goods. It's, you know, I can't say enough about our farmer's market ecosystem in terms of promoting um, our agricultural and aquaculture resources here. Absolutely. No, thank you for pointing that out. It's absolutely true. I mean, I, I live it and uh, I, I can uh, completely understand uh, uh, the, the joy and the love that people have for our local community of food food here. So that's uh, that's nice. Uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, a few of these other things. I'm looking at your website, things that I think will, uh, you know, impact the economics of small businesses. Uh, let's start with, the, you know, something that people don't think of immediately, but you brought it up before. And I think it's, it's important because I know, you know, just as a small business owner myself, it certainly helped me that the child tax credit and, and child care yeah. in general. I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I, I, you know, my kids are older now. I don't have to worry about that as much. But, you know, if you can't do work your business, you know, because yeah. you have to take care of your child, uh, you know, understandably so, uh, how does that impact small businesses? And how do you see uh, the tax yeah. credit and things of that uh, yeah, you know, when people say that small businesses are the backbone of our economy, which I believe wholeheartedly, um, that's usually families. <laughs> that's always families, rather. It's, you know, um, in my case, I have two nephews and a niece, um, but my dad has Alzheimer's. So there's the other end of the spectrum as well with family caregivers. So I think we need to look at some of the things that worked during the pandemic, like permanent paid leave. Um, we need to make paid leave permanent now, I think, um, for and extend the child tax credit, as you just mentioned. Um, but we need to make it easier for families to live and work here um, and not have to worry if a loved one is sick or a loved one needs extended care, like in the case of my family, and making sure that those services are available. And in our case, um, we'd be lost without the Cranston Adult Day Center. My dad goes there a couple of days a week. We know my mom has respite. I know as someone that is both running a campaign and running a, a business that, you know, she has she has her time off as well. And, and it takes stress off of off of my brothers and sisters and I. So that's that's critical. Um, so the more we can put those family um, family policies in place to help people stay at work. Um, oftentimes many people want to also go to work um, and it's a yeah. choice that they have to make. And it's a tough choice in, in many cases for families. Um, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that way. If you have a loved one that needs you at home, you shouldn't be worried about not being able to pay the bills at the same time. Um, so those are some critical needs that we need to look at, but then to extend it even further, I think we do need universal pre-K to match um, our all day K programs. Um, and at the other end of the spectrum, we need to make sure the Pell Grant is staying competitive. We need to make sure that the student loan industry is in, is kept in check and, and cleaned up um, so that people can do jobs that they love instead of worrying about paying back their student loans. And then I think right. another powerful thing, especially as this economy remains in transition, um, workforce development opportunities. I think Real Jobs Rhode Island, which I worked on or helped launch with Governor Raimondo, has been critical to really bringing business around the table to say, what are your needs and how can we help create that pipeline of talent? 
um, but also making sure those programs are, are apprenticeship programs and workforce development programs are paid. Um, you can't be asking uh, a parent after a long day at work and childcare to then go to a workforce development training program that will only benefit all of us in the long run, you know, as, as a volunteer or an unpaid time. Um, so we need to get creative about all of those things across the spectrum from our youngest to our oldest. Now, I've I, I brought up education many times here on this on this program before. I think it's it's, it's vital. Uh, I mean, an educated community, an educated workforce is, you know, the only thing that's going to help us drive forward. Uh, and uh, I think is also I, I like to point out, I think, you know, you, you mentioned pre-K um, as, a, as a husband of a school teacher. Uh, school is not a daycare. <laughs> a no. School is not a babysitter. But it's still a vital, a vital chunk of the right. day that, that and you know to jump in on that point too, David. It's you know one of the one of the other things that I hear most frequently is is mental health support and services. Um, yeah. We need more and more community resources to help people, but we also need more school-based resources. I mean, the last few years have taken a toll. There's no doubt about it. The data is there. Um, so yeah, when I say that everything rolls up into the economy and keeping our small businesses strong, I, I think affordable access to healthcare is number one on that list. And I think one thing that we can't do enough of right now is making sure that the funding is there on the mental health side as well to help our, our families, but also to help our teachers who, who are there every day, um, with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think regarding healthcare, it's also something that's come up many times. Uh, with with those of us in the small business community that, that talk about it, uh, you know, that barrier to leaving whatever job it is you're in that you don't like, but, you know, you need it for, you know, a number of reasons, you know, healthcare being one of them primarily, um, and not being able to just shift things around and move to other places uh, or, or start your own business is, you know, what we want to see people do uh, is, is, is tough. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a tough thing to shake to say, you know, do I want to leave my job and my healthcare and you know, be kind of vague for a little while, because who knows, um, right. you know, and, and many of us in the small business community have talked about how, uh, you know, we're lucky to have spouses with 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 those uh, healthcare systems. But it's, it's definitely um, a difficult thing to change a job uh, without knowing what your healthcare is going to be, uh, you know, if you want to start your own business. Yeah. Uh, do you see yeah. a change there with healthcare? Do you think that's something that can, you know, I, I, I hesitate I don't like to bring up the negative here. I try, we try to keep positive and 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 um you know unbiased here on the show. But uh, let's be honest, it's it's a it's a tough system you'll be moving into if you if you move into Congress. I mean, it, it's it's very fractured, and and it doesn't seem like anything's getting done. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts there? How, how do you how do you feel about going into that? Yeah, it's the first question I always get asked when I'm out talking to voters. Uh, is <laughs> first is why do you want this job? And because of the divisiveness and because yeah. um, nothing seems to get done. Um, and my answer there, it's not a, it's that's not a good reason not to do it because it has to get done. We have to figure out how to work together. And I do lean on my experience with both the congressman and the, the governor. Um, you know, we talked, spent some time talking about family caregivers and cybersecurity. He moved the needle on both of those things, reaching across the aisle. They're smaller things, um, but critically important things. So we shouldn't discount, um, you know, you see the big bills, the infrastructure bills or the ARA bills right. that pass. Um, those are important, too, and those will bring a lot of resources to Rhode Island. But there are also smaller things that um, who can argue with needing um, more support for our family caregivers? We all experience it. And after we were just everything we just talked about with cybersecurity, it, it affects 
sadly, it affects everyone now. Um, I mean, I think we've all had to change, uh, cancel a credit card or call DLT <laughs> for various reasons. So these are smaller, seemingly smaller chunks of bigger issues that that you can move along. Um, and from Governor Raimondo, it's it's realizing here's the problem that we're solving for and here's what we need to drive for. So how many voices and how many people can we get around a table um, to do that? And I know that, she, that during her time had experiences working with Republican mayors to do just that, uh, to move things forward. So I do think that that there is there's work that we can do together um, and and we have to we have to keep keep chipping away at it, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a very good point. I, I mean, and, and and I don't need to tell you this as someone who you know born and raised here, but um, your <laughs> your constituency will find you. <laughs> it's Rhode Island, <laughs> you know. It's almost, it's, and it's almost crazy, you know. Sometimes when I when I when I when I you know talk to friends in other parts of the country, and I and I, and I you know we we talk politics, and I mentioned you know having a conversation with Senator Reid, and they're like, "You talk to your senator," and it's like. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're lucky. It's a, it's a benefit, I think. It's a, yeah, you know. it's, it's a tremendous benefit. And I will also say just, you know, running a small business, you, you have to navigate challenges from right. your clients and negotiate and figure out how how to not only negotiate that relationship with the client, but making sure that you're delivering for the client. Um, so that's something that I have experienced doing every day. Um, whether it be in government service or now in running a running a small business, you don't, you know, I don't, you don't have the luxury of saying, well, I'm not going to work with you, <laughs> you know, because right. that's that's important, um, and you you just have to figure it out, and that's what that's what I have a track record of doing and a reputation for for rolling up my sleeves and, and diving in. Well, I certainly, you know, I don't uh, don't envy you uh, the climate that it is right now, but I certainly hope that you 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 know if you if you uh, make it to Congress that you can do as much as you possibly can because I think that's obviously what everyone I have to believe that's what everyone ultimately wants to do any any congressperson they want to try and make a difference and make a change. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I've got um, we talked about Pell grants and pre K. <laughs> Oh, um, supply chain issues, obviously something very important to small businesses. It's been, yeah, it's been affecting uh, exactly. across the board. And I know it was mentioned on your website. What are your thoughts there, uh, you know, regarding small businesses? What do you think Congress can do? Uh, yeah, because at, at a certain point, I, I wonder if it is any, even something the government can affect as much as, as we as, as we think. Uh, is it just simply a matter of, of capitalism to a certain degree? What, do you, what, are, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think we I think we have found that um, and I think think the SBA has also talked about this a little bit too, is, is bringing manufacturing back to America, um, back to the United States, making sure that that the supply chain issues that we first experienced during the pandemic don't don't happen again here. And what can we bring back and what small businesses can we can we bolster here already in Rhode Island? I know every opportunity I get, I try and shop local. Um, and that is everything from you know, going to farmers markets, to going to the the mom and pop appliance shop, and so on and so forth. But um, what can we do to bring manufacturing back to the United States to help with the next um, the next big crisis? Actually, um, and then you know, obviously there are geopolitical issues that are affecting affecting right. supply chain issues too. Um, another reason and argument to try and bring as much back to the United States as we can. Um, but I think it is a long-term 
it's a problem that we need to work on and, and be committed to investing in over the long term. Um, when I talk to small businesses, it's funny. I talk to a restaurant owner who is very excited about opening, but waiting on his chairs. I talk to um, you know a general contractor who tells me you know the place of the price of lumber has gone through the roof. You know, I, I talk to um, other defense company like small business technology companies who can't get the materials that they need. So the problem is is not unfortunately not isolated to one sector of the economy, um, and that's why we need a a full court press to try and, and bolster what we have, the, the talent and the opportunities that we have here over the long term. Well, let's talk, uh, while connected to that, uh, you know, bring manufacturing back, things of that nature, it, you know, I think ultimately it comes down to uh, the workforce. You know, right now we're seeing these record low unemployment numbers, which is astonishing, but still, uh, you know, so many people not being able to find employees. Uh, right. And then the fact that em employees need to make more because we, we're seeing, you know, record inflation. Uh, you know, how do you see, you know, it's, it's, it's all intertwined, but it's obviously a very difficult pro problem because, you know, if you raise people's salaries, then, you know, the business needs to make more, but the people's salaries, you know, need to be higher to buy the products that are out there that are, you know, seeing these, right. these high prices. What do, you, what do you see that Congress can do there? What, do, what are your thoughts? It's a combination of things, again, um, some of which we've already covered here, but there's the short term um, looking at windfall, windfall tax, profit taxes, um, looking at price gouging and so on and so forth, and extending some of that relief that we saw during the pandemic with paid leave and the child tax credit. Over the long term, I think you're right. I think it is centered around education and workforce development issues um, and making sure that that people are prepared for this economy that will be in transition for a very long time and, and making our right the correct investments there by growing opportunities like Real Jobs Rhode Island, where employers are around the table to say, you know, this is this is my growth trajectory and this is what I need to get there. Um, but yeah, that's the I just went through a litany of things that I hear from small business people about supply chain. Um, workforce is another is another um, issue that they're having. And right. um, tied to workforce, too, in some industries in particular, it's more acute, is housing and affordable housing. Um, and we know that Very that true. shortage here is is hurting. I talked to someone in the travel and tourism industry who, you know, can't can't fully even if he can find the employees and staff up, there's no place for them to live within a, a reasonable commuting distance. Um, same thing with some other small businesses that I've talked to. I could get them, I, you know, I found the employee, but they can't find housing. And that's another um, another challenge that we have to, to really move quickly to get, get our arms around. But back to your original question on inflation, it's completely unacceptable and um, everyone's failing the squeeze right now. So the more we can do to get serious about the short term and the long term, both at the same time, because we can't wait on one for the other, um, is going to be in, in critical to small businesses and our entire economy here in Rhode Island. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate, you know, I, I realize I'm bringing up some very big issues that, you know, we can't you know cover everything in half an hour, but I appreciate the conversation about it. Uh, yeah, is there is you. there anything that, uh, that we didn't touch upon? Anything you want to you want to talk about before uh, before we go? No, I mean, we, we, you're right. We did cover a lot of ground and yeah. you can't there. Everything is too interrelated right now to isolate one thing. I mean, for small businesses to thrive, 
Um, we need to make sure we have the trained workforce there. We need to make sure there's affordable access to healthcare. We need to make sure that we're thinking about cybersecurity and climate change all at the same time, housing and mental health, up to other really big issues. Um, and again, I think because of my experience, both as a small business, someone that's running a small business now, but also my government experience um, and being around the tables as things like Real Jobs Rhode Island was coming together or the launch of 10,000 small businesses. Um, I worked on that as well. I can hit the ground running on day one for our small business community and by extension, all Rhode Islanders. Uh, especially those in the second congressional district. I do bring a unique set of experiences and a different perspective to this job that I think will be valuable um, on day one and, and helping to move our state forward. So I really appreciate the opportunity today, David, to, to talk to your members um, and anyone else that's listening. <laughs> um, and if you'd like to learn more about the campaign, you can find us at joyfoxcongress.com. Sounds great. Thank you again. That was joyfoxcongress.com. For those of you out there who didn't hear that the first time, joyfoxcongress.com. Uh, I always feel like repetition is good with those things so people can uh, exactly. make sure they have <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but thank you very much for your time today, Joy. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck with everything. Remember, for all of you out there, the primary is September 13th. So uh, check out her website and uh, and take make sure you vote. Make sure you're registered. Make sure you vote. So thank yes. you again, Joy. Thank you, David. Take care. So that was a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got we've got other candidates coming up here on the show. Uh, we've got Helena Folks in a, in a few weeks. Uh, we've got Ashley Kalis in a few weeks. They're both running for governor. And uh, as you as you might have heard during the show, there we've got Alan Fung coming up in a few weeks as well. We've already had Seth Magaziner on and uh, and other candidates running for office. The primary again is Saturday, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, September thirteenth, and uh, then the general election is in November. Uh, you can find. More information and everything about the Rhode Island Small Business Coalition at risbc.org. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you.